Hey guys, it's me again here with another episode of Nook If You Book. It's me, Cecily, and I'm so excited that you guys decided to tune in today. So the book that we're going to talk about is 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemmy. And I hope I am saying that this right. Um, it's a debut book um, by this author. And just a little backstory about her. Um, she was born in 1995 in Virginia. She was raised in Maryland. And she has attended school in Washington, D.C., um, where she was able to have a lot of experiences with different, you know, cultural influences. Um, she developed a passion and interest in reading um, at the age of two, and she started writing stories um, since the age of five. So she really has a passion for literacy and a passion for writing and reading. So she graduated from Boston College with a degree in English literature and creative writing, and she relocated to New York City, where she worked in publishing. And so this is her first book, her debut novel, which is called 50 Words for Rain. It was also picked as a Good Morning America book club pick. And so um, if you've ever watched Good Morning America, they have their own book club, and they like to debut you know, first-time writers, first-time authors, and kind of bring recognition to their books. So the book, um, it was very good. Um, my book club, Me Time Book Club, we actually read this book together and we had our meeting yesterday and we discussed some of the things that the book had. And I will say that there is a bit of a trigger warning just to give you guys a heads up that I will be mentioning um, some things when it comes to sexual abuse, colorism, racism, and just wanting to inform you guys and let you know ahead of time um, before I get into the the meat of the book, um, what the book is, is actually about. So the book starts off in Japan around the 1940s, 1950s, about a girl named Noriko, or Nori for short, that's what they, they call her. She is abandoned and left on the doorstep of her grandmother's house and forced to live with her. And life for her from that point completely changes. And I think what happens is that she she learns the history of who she is and where she came from. And she is used more as a pawn in a game quote unquote game that the grandmother kind of plays with her. Um, it's interesting that with this story, her mother, who is the person who actually abandons her, the first thing that she, you know, she says to her after she drops her off at her, her mother's house is that you do not question, you do not fight, you do not resist. And those are the three rules that Nori is expected to follow living with her grandmother. So her grandmother, first and foremost, is, you know, high ranks within the Asian society. Um, she's very well known within her community. She's actually the cousin of the emperor at the time. And her husband, which is Nori's grandfather, is the kind of the... The person, the go-to guy 
for the the emperor. So they have a lot of pool within, you know, that royal family. Um, they're they're also known for their their influence is known and they're it's taken seriously among, you know, the emperor and his courts. So the Nori, she like I said, she's an eight-year-old precocious little girl who is extremely inquisitive, very young, very temperamental, and completely uprooted from the family or the life that she has known and to live with a grandmother that she's never met. So one reason why her mother abandoned her was because her mother had an affair with a black salesman and while she was married, of course, to her, her husband. And because of that union, Nori was conceived and with Nori being a biracial child, she, of course, is deemed unfit. Um, she's also deemed as, quote unquote, a, a bastard in, in their eyes and, and generally has absolutely no purpose in life. So her grandmother does not like her one bit. Um, she's, she's very furious about the fact that her, her daughter has went off with this man, had an affair, tarnished the family name, and she's not happy by the fact that her daughter has had this affair and, and left her granddaughter with her. So she's very upset about that. So over the course of the book, I did notice a couple of things. I will say that the book had, was written beautifully, for that matter. It was, it was written very beautifully, but the triggers in the book were a little bit too much for me. It definitely talks about colorism, and that's probably the biggest topic that starts, starts in the beginning of the book, is that colorism is, is, well, is known within the book, and, and the grandmother, of course, makes it very obvious. Um, she blatantly abuses Nori um, because she just does not like her. She forces her to, have, to take chemical baths, and if you're familiar with the idea of chemical baths or, or lightning or bleaching uh, within the black community, they would put, you know, things in their bath that would lighten their skin tone to make them seem to be more presentable to other people. And in Nori's case, her grandmother wanted her to be less black um, and more Asian um, in her in her eyes because she didn't, like I said, she didn't want anything to do with her, but she did want her to somewhat look the role in, in her mind. So as time progresses and Nori um, grows up, she ends up meeting her half-brother. And her half-brother, Akira, is the golden child um, in his grandma's eyes. He can do no wrong. He is absolutely perfect. He has been able to travel the world he's musically inclined he he has you know he's his plan his life has basically been you know thought out for him because his grandmother has had a hand in grooming him to be the man that that she sees that he can be so nori basically comes to find an ally quote unquote ally in her brother and 
that bothers and I'm bothers bothers the grandmother because she does not like the fact that they're so close and because of them being so close Nora is able to let her guard down and just be a little bit more I like to say she's just a little bit more sensitive she's become a little bit more open Uh, she communicates more she takes interest in some of the things that her brother likes and it kind of reminded me of you know a sibling relationship when if you have an older sibling or a younger sibling and some of the things that you do together and how you know when growing up your sibling seems to be like your best friend and you guys do things together and that's what that relationship kind of reminded me of but it he with her brother Akira that's his name he set limits for her like he was he didn't want to get too close her because she is of course the product of an affair and the product of a family being torn apart and you know not only did you know Nori's mother leave her she also left him so I also think that that was a kind of a kindred event that both of them went through that both of them could kind of relate to and feel each other's pain So I do think that their relationship within the book was Nori's saving grace. Um, I think that's one thing that kind of kept her grounded and kind of kept her focused and kind of kept her obedient in a way that her grandmother wouldn't be disappointed in her and her grandmother wouldn't wouldn't have to to beat her. And I think that's that's sad that within their family where she wasn't wanted and she wasn't deemed as beautiful that she was she was she could only live a life with her grandmother that was not even a life worth living in my mind she was just abused and that I would say is probably the hardest part of the book the really hardest part of the book for me to get through but other than that, the book was a very good book. But as the time progresses, it goes, like I said, from the 40s to 50s to 60s. So now where Nori is an adult, um, she does manage to, you know, get on her own, start a family of her own. But the circumstances in which she does that ultimately causes her demise her grandmother basically sold her um to the highest bidder to you know get her out of her house to get her out of her her get out of her way because she wanted nothing to do with her and wanted to kind of disassociate herself from her and and that name so she sells her to the highest bidder and when she does um the the person that she sells her to, you know, rapes her. She has a son. And later on in life, the relationship between her brother and her changes. And she ends up, you know, re, you know, reconnecting with her brother and having a relationship with him. But of course, he is now, you know, in a position of power. And he's in a position to where Nori is no longer looked at as someone that he should be taking care of so that relationship ends up kind of fading away but it changes 
once you get to the end of the book, which I don't really want to give the ending away, but the ending, I think the ending is really what kind of took me aback. Um, like I said before, the book was a really good book and it was a good read. It was written beautifully. It appears that the author had done her research. Um, the author really wrote in a very descriptive language and, and made the story come to life with her words. It was the abuse that was such a trigger because, and I, you know, it's a spoiler. Sorry, y'all. The spoiler at the end is that the Nori, she ends up going back to her grandmother, okay? And I like to look at it as she went back to her abuser and decided to take up the family business and and go from there to try to fit in into a place that did not want her there to begin with. And I just felt that that was so, I felt that it was sad because she had already lived a life that was so traumatic and traumatizing and she wanted to be loved so bad that she withstood the abuse. She withstood, you know, the chemical baths. She withstood the hatred and the negative talk. And she did all of that because of her mother's words. She took that to heart that her mother, when she left her on the doorstep, she said, you do not question, you do not fight, you do not resist. And she took those words and she, she ingrained them within her and she left, she left with that. And that's kind of what was disappointing about the book. I think it's important to, when writing a story of that, that a story of that magnitude with that much, you know, triggers and things like that, that it's written in a way that is not seen as being hurtful and harmful to the person at the end. But it seemed like toward the end of the book, Nori still did not, wasn't able to find the voice that she had been so longing to have. And I will say that the author, like I said, she wrote the book beautifully. It's just that was kind of the, one of the things that kind of ugh, kind of like turned me off to the book, I guess, because it just it just seemed like it was just a sad account for her all the way through. Like she just didn't she wasn't able to get a break. I mean, she still held her head up, you know, proud and she was proud of who she was and proud of her heritage. But all of that pride, you know, did not get her the the respect that she deserved. Um, she left her family that she had created and offered to marry another man for the sake of, you know, having, you know, the good name, a, a good name placed back upon this family that had been tarnished and torn from her mother leaving. So the pressure of having to go through that had to be overwhelming for her. But she she took it in stride and she ended up doing the same thing that her mother did to her. So she ended up abandoning her child and leaving her child, um, you know, leaving her son that she had to go back to the grandmother to take up their business and things like that. And it just it just looks at, you know, with history repeating itself. 
and how it was not exactly the way I would have wanted to the, the book to end, but I don't know if um, the author is going to come out with a sequel or a part two, and maybe she will, because I do feel like um, Nori's story is not quite finished yet. I do believe that there is some other things that could come of this book. And I, I would actually like, you know, love the idea of her coming out with another book to kind of give, to kind of clear up some of the, the mess and the mist um, about, you know, how she treated her grandmother afterwards or how did her grandmother treat her when she, you know, went back to her? Was she thankful? Was she, was she remorseful or, you know, or anything like that? And I don't really think like in the book, it really doesn't give much of the relationship between Nori and the grandmother as far as being a, a, a close relationship. But at some point with her making the decision to abandon her family to come back to her grandmother and to take care of her, what kind of relationship ended up, you know, becoming of that. And so that's something that I think I would be interested in in seeing and kind of hoping that the author will will kind of clear up some loose ends. Um, all in all, I will say that the book was was a good read. I would give it three stars, maybe three out of five, um, just because one, it was a debut. And I think for her first book, she did a really good job. Um, and I don't, I'm pretty sure it's not easy to put your work out and have other people critique it and, and decipher it and pull it apart and, and find all the hidden gems and things that you, that the author may not have, have thought were in there and pull it apart and dissect it. So I think with that, I think the book was a good book. I would have liked to have seen more about Japan and what the climate was around there, what the atmosphere was like, um, how people were treated, what was like the scenery, what was the, the di- like the, the dynamic of people within the city and, and why she was so, you know, she was looked at, why Nori was looked at as so, so bad. Um, I would have liked a little bit more of a backstory between of how the mother, Nori's mom and her dad kind of met and how that came to be. Um, I will say that she said, I did forget that she did end up in the book getting some of her mother's diary readings and she read them and it really kind of left a lot of holes in her mom's life because you really don't really know the backstory of her mom and maybe the relationship between her mom and Nori's grandmother, what that relationship was like and why that relationship was so tumultuous to where Nori's grandmother ended up taking it out on her. So there were, I think there was reasons for that. And I would like to know more about the reasons for that. But I think with the book, like I said, I gave it three stars out of five. I think it's a really good read. I will say, like I said, there's a lot of trigger within the book, but the but the book is written beautifully. So for this book, I would recommend it for sure. I think you guys should definitely check it out. Uh, I hope that she does come out with other books or decides to you know write other books. It is on the New York Times bestseller list, and so it has gotten some you know form of notoriety. And, you know, with my book club, Me Time Book Club, we read it together and we talked about it yesterday. We had a Zoom call and we talked about it and how important it is to to heal and 
and that how Nori could use a lot of healing and how her going back, um, that there was a reason behind it. And I think we want to know more about her story. And hopefully the author will write a second book about her instead of just leaving it at, you know, kind of a dead end where she left it. But I think she can easily pick up on a part two and tell her Nori's story as an adult if she, you know, if she chooses to. But I really liked the book. I thought it was a beautifully written book. I totally recommend it. And I think you, you guys would like it. So this kind of concludes my second episode. I feel like it was a little rushed because I'm actually going to go cook dinner. And I hope you guys continue to listen. Um, my next podcast, I will be reading and discussing another debut by Nancy Johnson called The Kindest Lie. Um, I just started this book on yesterday and so far it's really good. I'm about 50 pages in. So typically what I do is if I, I, I pick up a book and I know, of course, I read the synopsis. I look at the Goodreads. I look at uh, the reviews on Amazon to kind of get a feel of the book or kind of get a feel of what everybody is thinking about the book. And then I kind of go from there. I give a book 50 pages before I decide whether I should continue on or kind of put it down and pick up something else. So, so far I'm like 50 pages in and it's really good. So I haven't put it down yet. So this will actually be the next book that we talk about and I mentioned to you guys, but I just wanted to come on here and just give you guys a brief, brief synopsis of 50 Words for Rain by Asha Lemmy and just let you know what I thought about it. So I'm so excited that you guys are continuing to listen and I hope that you guys continue to listen still. And you can always find me on my Instagram page, which is Brown Beauty Booker. That's Brown Beauty Booker. And you can send me questions or if you have any books that you want me to recommend, I'm more than happy to do that. But you can always find me on there. And I look forward to seeing you guys soon. Talk to y'all later. Bye.